The president wanted to see John Wells. The feeling wasn't mutual. Wells sat in the emergency room at the Virginia Hospital Center in Arlington, waiting for a doctor to set the foot he'd broken a day before on another continent, when his phone buzzed. A block number. Mr. Wells? If you say so. Steve Lipscher at the White House. The president would like to invite you to a meeting in the Oval Office, 4 p.m. Schaefer gonna be there? Ellis Schaefer, a CIA lifer and Wells's closest friend. Currently stuck inside a federal jail not five miles from this hospital. His reward for helping stop a war. Just you, the president, and Ms. Green. Donna Green, the national security advisor. Then, no, I can't. The silence that followed suggested that no one had ever turned Lipscher down before. Someone will call you, Lipscher finally said and hung up. Wells was tempted to turn off the phone. Five minutes later, it buzzed again. John, it's Donna Green. Justice is drafting the release order, but we have to find a judge, and it's Sunday, remember? You locked him up easy enough. We'll get it done, promise. What about the senator? He coming too? Wells meant Vinnie Duto, the former CIA director, now senator from Pennsylvania. For the last month, Wells, Schaefer, and Duto had secretly worked together against a billionaire casino mogul named Aaron Duberman, who'd tried to trick the United States into invading Iran. Duberman's plan had nearly succeeded, shown false evidence that Iran wanted to smuggle a nuclear weapon into the United States, the president had set a deadline for Iran to open its borders or face invasion. But barely twelve hours before, Wells and Duto had delivered proof of Duberman's plot to Green, forcing the president to back down. In a midnight speech from the Oval Office, he called off the attack. Wells had expected that the president's next move would be to punish Duberman for what he'd done. Expected and hoped. Green's tone, simultaneously wary and pleading, suggested otherwise. No, Duto, Green said now, and that's not negotiable. Wells wasn't surprised. Green and the president had forced Duto out of the CIA two years before. Now Duto had the upper hand. He could destroy the president simply by revealing the truth, that Duberman had suckered the United States. Though Duto had already hinted to Wells that he had another agenda. As a price for his silence, he would make the White House help him in the next presidential election. A straight power play, standard operating procedure for Duto, whom Wells imagined kept a shrine to Nixon in the basement of his mansion. Fine, Wells said. If Green didn't know that Wells disliked Duto almost as much as she did, Wells saw no reason to enlighten her. I'll see you at six. Give you time to get Ellis out, me to get my foot set. You're picking the time for a meeting with the president? Come to an emergency room without hundred-dollar bills taped to your forehead. See how long it takes them to fix you. At 5.45 p.m., Wells offered his driver's license to the White House gate guards and limped toward the West Wing entrance. The worst of the winter was over. Wells wore only jeans and a bright red T-shirt that read, Chicago Homicide, Our Day Starts When Your Day Ends. Hardly appropriate for meeting the president. But he couldn't make himself care. As Wells passed through the metal detectors, he knew he should feel good. He and Duto and Schaefer had kept the United States out of war. Yet Duberman was still in his fortified mansion in Tel Aviv. Meanwhile, the president's back and forth had damaged the United States already. 
An hour after the president's announcement, Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei made his own speech. He thanked Allah for defeating the Zionist American crusaders and promised that American lies will not stop our mighty Islamic Republic from using its nuclear facilities as it sees fit. The last four words were new. In the past, Iran had insisted it would develop its nuclear program only for peaceful purposes. Then Russia and China said they would lift all economic sanctions against Iran. The United States must learn not to meddle with other nations, Russia's foreign minister said in a finger-wagging lecture that was more than slightly ironic, given his own country's recent adventures in the Ukraine. The White House confined itself to repeating the points the president had made the night before. We will fully review the evidence that Iran was trying to smuggle weapons-grade uranium into the United States. The ultimatum for an invasion no longer serves either side. The Pentagon had already leaked plans to bring home the troops that had just flown to Turkey and Afghanistan. A New York Post headline summed up the popular view. Thanks, Mr. President. We just lost a war we didn't even fight. So, Wells wasn't surprised that the mood inside the White House was grim 